a proposal for gun safety and social reform. Will you, the reader, embrace two assumptions? If a proposal has no mechanism of implementation debate concerning it will be endless and divisive, meaning nothing will be done and the criminal wins. If the mechanism serves only to block those with evil intent from carrying out the act of carnage the criminal is determined to inflict upon us, the block will be overcome, the carnage will take place, and the criminal will win. The intent of this proposal is to deal with the problem of gun violence before it happens and indeed before a potential mass murderer even wishes for it to happen. The time to defeat gun violence is before the intent exists. Civilized people do not permit children to be exposed to mortal danger. More importantly, intelligent persons do not permit their children to become mass murderers. But this is not the same as doing anything is better than doing nothing. It is not. Sometimes, quite the opposite is true. Virtue signaling cannot be permitted to replace real change. Attacking symptoms is not a solution. Looking as if we are going something is optics, not reality. The cause of gun violence is guns held by people with no respect for the rights of other people. If we permit disrespect to grow into hate and petty acts of lawbreaking to mature into illegal acts done with guns, we are part of the problem. Guns are not the problem, except when in the wrong hands. Mental illness is not a precursor to mass murder, unless the mentally ill person is homicidal and has access to a weapon of mass destruction. But if we are trying to find this set of factors, we are waiting far too long to do something. No one is born with a gun in their hands and a desire to use it on their fellow man. We need to deal with mass shootings long before the intent even exists. Mass murder requires two things, the desire and the means. But given the intent the means is usually found. Making mass murder more difficult makes sense to people easily dissuaded, but for those who are ambitious, making crime more difficult is not a solution. If unmarried mothers can get a higher education whilst caring for her children, it is not unimaginable a young man might overcome impediments created by law to get hold of a gun. Indeed, it happens all the time. The only thing that a background check is likely to produce is forcing more mass shootings to be done with guns obtained on the black market than with guns obtained through legal means. But let's ban guns, says the left. Banning guns must prevent mass shootings. No guns, no shootings, seems a reasonable equation. Did prohibition work, did the war on drugs work, or even the campaign to stop bullying? If laws worked, would we even need laws? The point is, banning does not eliminate what is illegal, it only eliminates the legal version. As technology advances, it becomes more possible for small batch production of guns to be profitable. The more difficult it is to get a legal gun, the more profitable it will become to produce them illegally or to market stolen weapons. The very banning of anything makes it more profitable to provide it illegally. Removing gang leaders and reducing the supply of drugs only encourages more illegal activity. 
The smaller the supply, the more profitable the product still available. At least by permitting people to buy guns legally, they can be monitored and traced. Banning and restricting guns keeps them out of the hands of law-abiding citizens, but not out of the hands of people who ignore the law. The government feels it must do something to keep us safe. But it is not guns that make us unsafe. Taking guns from law-abiding people does not make law-abiding people safe. The state could declare mental illness a crime and homicidal hate illegal, and the state could ban murder, but this would have no impact on gun crime. But what if we do not wish to be kept safe? What if the government option is too high a price to pay? The state may have a different view of what safety means from us. It is possible the state wanting to keep us safe is akin to a gang protecting its turf. We are not a domesticated animal, and the state is not our keeper. The Second Amendment exists because a lot of us do not think autocratic governments are the best security option. If we think being safe means having a gun available for defense against state power, is security increased by a state that makes gun ownership illegal? Why is it safe for a policeman or serviceman to have a gun when employed, but not when he quits his job and returns home? Why are citizens safe from armed men working for the state, but not when these same men own guns for their own protection? The root problem is disrespect for the rights of others. Anyone who has no regard for the rights of others, be it the state or private citizen, is a criminal. Those who demonstrate they do not respect the rights of others has lost the right to own a gun. Anyone who possesses a gun illegally loses the rights of a citizen. The solution to gun violence is to break the relationship between violence and guns. The first thing to do is identify people who do not respect the law and eliminate them as potential gun owners. People who break the law lose the right to own a gun. It is a very simple equation. Break a law, lose the right to own a gun. The second step is to deal with those who reject the right of others to have boundaries and the right of a community to impose conditions for membership. To break the rules is to lose a right. But to deny the right of a community to have rules is to renounce civil society and its protections. Civil society cannot reform people who deny its right to exist. To possess a gun when the right to own one is specifically denied is to deny the right of civil society to erect boundaries and impose limits on its members. The following proposal is divided into three steps. In step one, a police unit is set up to take illegal guns and their owners off the street. Gun officers are mandated to enter any home or structure where unregistered weapons might be located without a warrant for the express and limited purpose of finding and confiscating illegal guns. Gun officers may stop and search any vehicle or individual suspected of having an illegal weapon. Those caught are incorporated into the gun corps. Members of the gun crops are available for any service the state requires. Possible uses might be for peacekeeping, firefighting, tree planting, and assisting in national emergencies. 
Gun Corps members are housed as military units and deployed in the same way. They are not normally armed, but are trained in the responsible use of firearms. Any failure of discipline will be meted out by the officers of the Corps. It will be the Gun Corps that determines when rehabilitation has been achieved. Recidivism will cause penalties to be imposed on the officers responsible for training the rulebreaker. The Gun Corps will contain individuals guilty of gun crimes only, primarily for those charged with the possession of an illegal gun. Those who commit capital crimes with the use of a gun will be considered on a case-by-case basis. If entry to the Corps is refused, those refused will be dealt with through the conventional court system. The mission objective of the Gun Corps is to remove all illegal guns off the street. Officers are held to account for misusing their powers of search and seizure. A high percentage of unsuccessful raids and searches will result in disciplinary action against the officers responsible. Persons with illegal guns are incorporated into the Gun Corps where they serve the needs of the people as a paramilitary unit until such time as their officers feel they can be permitted to re-enter society.